Good morning to you, my friends. How are you doing this morning? How was your night? I hope you've had a pleasant night rest. And how has your week been in all? I hope you've enjoyed the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Welcome to Review. And welcome to our final session of our marriage podcast. It's your host and your dear friend here, Esther. Good morning, gracious God. I will love and praise you for all that you do. We give you all the glory and we say, blessed be your holy name forevermore in the name of Jesus and Father as we've come to listen to our last session or final piece of our marriage series teach us yourself once again thank you for everything we have learned from the ministers from God's people our friends And we thank you because you help us in applying them into the journey of our lives. Thank you, Abba Father, and glory to your name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Welcome once more to Review Friends. Like I mentioned in the prayer, today is... Our final session with Pastors John and Ellen Bradbury and also the end of our marriage series. Wow! What a blessing to have listened to others' testimonies and teachings, also sharing their life's experiences and learning from them. So for the last time on our marriage series or podcast, let's hear what John and Ellen has to say about their final topic or session, planning to succeed, which also includes a couple of other things. So friends, may God bless you as you listen to them for the last time. Hello, my name is Helen. Hi, and I'm John. And um, welcome to Marriage Matters number six, our final session. And it's called Planning to Succeed. Yeah, it's been said that if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. You know, that's, that's a, an old adage, but in terms of marriage and relationships, you need to have a plan. I'm not suggesting you kind of obsessive about it uh you know you don't uh need to be like that but you need to have a plan and so we're going to talk about a couple of things uh this 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 session the first thing i want to say is that singleness is not a curse the bible describes singleness as a gift of god so helen's going to read the scripture that goes with that which is 1 corinthians 7 verses 1 to 10 
Now for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to marry. But since there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman her own husband. The husband should fulfil his marital duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all men were as I am, but each man has his own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and to the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried, as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, or it is better to marry than to burn with passion. To the married I give this command, not I, but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband, but if she does, she must remain unmarried, or unless be reconciled to her husband, and her husband must not divorce his wife. So... Paul, in that, that whole passage, is describing his own situation. He was single. Let's face it, Jesus was single. Yeah. Uh, singleness is not a curse. Uh, Paul describes it as his, his own gift from God, uh, the gift of singleness. And singleness gives you uh, a freedom. You know, you, you can... You can please yourself. Yeah, you can please yourself. You know, if God is calling you to the mission field, you don't have to worry about your partner and children and all those other things. Uh, the troubles of life, you know, uh, being married and having a family and a house and all those things add trouble. Yeah. Uh, they, they're great, you know, but, but they do bring trouble. You can focus on God uh, and, you know, you're only answerable to God. You've not got that, that, that partner uh, that's there. But I, I want to say that, but we, we are talking about marriage. And so it, it says, you know, if if you're full of passion and, and those things, you should get married. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, we, we can control ourselves so much, but he says, you know, marry if, uh, if that's what you, you need. Uh, and so we're to look for love. <laughs> we're to look. And, and I, well, the first thing is what, Helen? Well, I think it's prayer. Yeah? That's what I did anyway. Yeah. Uh, prayer, because, you know, we want God to be in yeah. the process of finding us a partner. Yeah, it's a lot easier than looking for one yourself. Yeah. Uh, and the thing the, the thing I'd say is you need to be looking in the right places as well. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Bible talks about virtue and it, it talks about uh, other things. And, you know, to be honest, if you're looking in a nightclub where everybody's drunk, you're perhaps not going to get the kind of uh, people that you really want to to be going. I'm not saying you shouldn't look in those places, but, but as Christians, if you want someone with a certain set of values, you actually want to be looking in the places where people with similar values to you are hanging out. 
it's not quite as simple though, is it these days? Because there's less Christians around. Yeah. Also, it would seem like it, it seems to us. It it, it would. Um, there's not there's not many really no church. No, and and I think that that's one of the reasons perhaps we lose so many young people from the church because actually yeah. you know there, there aren't the, the friendships and the relationships that that once there were so you're back to, so you're back to prayer, prayer. Uh, and you're also going to get out there and evangelize the more families and the more people we have in church the better it is uh, but it's difficult i want to say the ideal situation if you're a christian is to to find a life partner a husband or a wife who's also a Christian. Um, so, again, there's, not, there's, not without problems. Not without problems. Easier. You know, it's not it's not guaranteed that there'll be problems if two Christians mm. come together. But uh, just listen to this passage from 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can, can light have with darkness? So don't be yoked together with an unbeliever. The picture that, that's used there is this yoking together. So a yoke you would put between two ox to plough. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't plough with an ox and a donkey yeah. because the ox is much stronger than the donkey. And it different all, size. Different size and it all go rubbish. You wouldn't get straight <laughs> lines in your ploughing. And the thing is, when we come together into this uh, covenant relationship with someone who doesn't share our, our Christ-like values, then the issue we have is we're, we're coming alongside someone who's pulling in a different direction. Yeah. Uh, you know, what do you want out of your marriage? You know, we, well, most people want to to remain together they want to be happy they want to get through life uh and they want to get to old age and to, to keep that love alive and and all those things well if your your contentment lies in different things yeah. if, if it's there your different priorities and i'm not saying that you know uh as, as some people do you know they marry a non-christian who, who comes to the lord there are, there are those type of, of relationships. But what I'm saying is, do you want to stack the things against yourself right from the beginning? That there's going to be a question about, well, what happens when kids come along? You know, what do they go to church? And all those kinds of things. And these have these problems have happened for, for years yeah. and years. Yeah. Uh, but, but more so now in, in a, a, a secular and pluralistic world where people of other faiths, people of no faith and everything else, you you really want to be thinking and planning for success. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's, well, for us, I, I, I remember when, when we first started dating, I'd only just returned to the Lord after a period of being away from God. Yeah. I, I, and it was important that I got my life with God sorted out before we went any further in our relationship. Yeah, uh, yeah you did <laughs> tell me that. Uh, but I needed to do that for me as well, because it, it was about my journey, not about our journey at that point. So so those are the, 
the things there. And I, I want to tackle this issue about can divorced people remarry? Obviously, Paul in the passage we read earlier said you shouldn't. Uh, but we're freed from the law and we live under grace. And Jesus said it was okay to divorce for that marital unfaithfulness. And I guess some people may be divorced and, and have then come to the Lord later in life. Uh, and then, you know, they, they find uh, a Christian and they want to get married uh, because that, that's the right thing to do. So can divorced people remarry? I think the answer's complex. It's a yes, but. And I always say that to people who come uh, to us to ask about marriage and about uh, pre-marriage counselling. I say, well, you, you've had a relationship before. So, yes, I will marry you, but. Yeah. And the but is around this. It's to remember that divorce is never solely the fault of one party. Mm-hmm. Now, one party may have been unfaithful, but as we said, unfaithfulness tends to come because there are other things going on yeah. in that relationship. The breakdown of communication. And, and so... Not dating enough. Yeah, and, and that's not to... If you've been divorced in that situation, I'm not blaming you for that. But what I'm saying is that there are contributing factors yeah. that come in. Happen in a day, doesn't it? No. Uh, you know, when people phone you as a pastor and say, Pastor, I've got a problem, you need to come right now. Uh, the discernment is, do you need to go right now? Or is it a problem that's been going on for months, even years? And actually, you know, it's not so much of a crisis. I can uh put the children to bed as it were when i when i was younger or or i can have my date night with my wife you know that those are the things that we have to work out the other thing i'd say is if you go into a new marriage with her brokenness Mm -hmm. from the previous relationship then that's not a good place to start yeah you really need to get rid of that stuff that baggage yeah. First, don't you? Even if you're you talk it through with the new partner, yeah, to, to be, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's really important to get that sorted. Yeah, before. I mean, there's many a TV drama made up about people who don't sort the baggage yeah. out like this. Yeah, and, and then they find out, don't they? That the new partner finds out and they're thinking, yeah. oh dear, I want to marry you. Yeah, and so you've got to have the healing. In a sense, it's not. Uh, as I say in marriage counselling, it's not uh, looking for your other half. No. Some people feel incomplete without being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And what I want to say in that situation is the, the, the message of, of the Bible is not two halves become one. No. It's two whole people become one. Because yeah. actually, if you're not whole, if you're not restored and made whole, you're not ready for a relationship. Because your relationship is more about what you need rather than what you're yeah. going to give into your that person relationship. Will always disappoint. Yes, you? you will never have all your needs met in a person. So if you've got your needs met in Christ and you're whole, then you can give what you are to another person in marriage. Yeah. And so forgiveness needs to take place. Mm-hmm. And again, people say, but I was so wrong. But kind of unforgiveness is like someone did you wrong so you stamp on your own toes you're only hurting yourself 
they don't know that you've not forgiven them. They don't know the thoughts you have in, in your head about them. And all those thoughts do is put you in a difficult place. You're hurting yourself by unforgiveness. So I would say seek forgiveness. Uh, you don't necessarily need to go and see that person to forgive them. But you need to allow uh, God to be the judge of that relationship. Uh, we need to heal. We only heal when we, we come to the Father and, and lay it at his feet. Uh, otherwise, you're, you're going to walk into a new marriage and you've poisoned the well before you've drunk from it. Yeah. it and we all know that. That's, that's a no compare either, do you? Never, ever compare because each relationship is different. You know, it, it's like you would never compare your children you should never compare your partners right. and, and even you know before marriage and, and all that stuff around dating and, and and all that kind of so you've got to make sure that af after each uh relationship comes to an end that you you end it well for yourself and you don't move on until you're ready to move on yeah so many people rush into a relationship yeah. off the back of a broken relationship yeah. and to be honest, I've seen very few yeah. that, that have been really successful. We find that, that there's pain and there's angst, and, and actually, it can almost be that that cyclical thing. So, this issue about divorce is if you've been divorced once, the 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 chances of your second marriage being successful are less than the, they were for your first marriage. But that doesn't mean you can't make it work. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, God at the centre of it and you communicating well and, and praying together and learning together and sharing together and being open and honest and intimate, you know, that intimacy. Yeah. And, and again, it, it's like, no, it's not you. Being honest enough to say something has triggered a memory from a past relationship. And talk, it through, and talk it through and talk it out is much better than trying to bury your head in the sand and, oh, no. and, and press on and bottle it up because you know if you don't it's like taking a bottle of coke and shaking it and shaking it and shaking it and then taking the top off everybody gets messy yeah you know and that's the thing about relationships you've got to make sure you're not just bottling it up and shaking it about because it will all go wrong. So I hope that um, these six sessions have given you some wisdom, some hope. Uh, I want to say seek help where you can. If you've got painful things that have gone on in your past uh, that are preventing you from moving forward, I'd, I'd really recommend Sozo Ministry. Uh, look at that at Bethel Sozo UK. Uh, and some people will guide you through a conversation with God around the things that that you've held on to, the things that you remember, and the lies that you believe about yourself because someone has, has, has said something about you uh, and you take it to heart and you believe it to be true. And those lies that we believe can be replaced by the truth. And the truth is God has made you and he's gifted you and you are special and you are loved. And I just want to say, uh, just in, in the whole thing about prayer and looking forward, I do not believe 
that God is so cruel as to only create one other person in the world that's your suitable partner and you've got to go looking for that one other person out of six and a half billion people. Mr. Right. Yeah, Mr. Right or Miss Right, uh, they don't exist in that sense. You know, if you approach um, dating with prayer, if you approach proposal with prayer, and if you approach your marriage with prayer and a commitment, God will bless those relationships. So don't be thinking, no, he's put someone and I've got to go all over the world looking for that one partner. I think that would be... I think when, when, you, when you're going out, you, you can approach it with prayer then, can't you, together? Yeah. Now, is this, is this it? Yeah. Is this the thing? Uh, yeah. And so there's not just you making the decision, you're making it together with God. Yeah, and I, what I want to say is if... if if you're unsure, don't. Yeah. If you're unsure, don't. But if you're absolutely sure, go all in and give it your all and make a success of it. So marriage really does matter. So thank you for listening to Marriage Matters. Bye. Wow. They said, if you are divorced once, there is less chance of your second marriage working. But that doesn't mean you can't, you can't make it work because if you approach marriage with prayer, God blesses the relationship. And if you are unsure, just don't. Don't. But if you are sure, with prayers, then you can go all in. Amen. Hallelujah. What a wonderful time we've had with those two. Pastors John and Ellen Bradbury of Fernworth Baptist Church, the well here in Greater Manchester. John and Helen, if you're both listening, I want to say a big thank you on behalf of review listeners and from myself for, for taking us through uh, so much, I mean, series of things or issues in marriage for good six weeks. We pray for fresh and more anointing on you and for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, looks like we've come to the end of our marriage series. We may come back to it in the future as there are areas we did not touch but why don't you please join me next week as we have a prayer session again before moving on to the full study of the word the week after like we used to do. I mean, moving on to a full session with Esther again. Thank you for listening.
And God bless you. I'll see you bright and early next week Saturday by God's grace. But until then, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you and your entire household now and forever. Amen. Amen.